This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. The two Golden Age radio shows, Escape and Suspense, were radio's leading anthology series of high adventure and drama, with Escape airing on CBS Radio from July 7, 1947 to September 25, 1954, and Suspense continued to 1962. These two shows presented great American-made radio drama, which became the foundation for TV. Radio, as you know, is purely acoustic, with no visual component, and it relied on great scriptwriters and actors to enable the listeners to imagine the characters and the story. It was high drama, great acting, and terrific stories. As one of the shows say, all designed to free you from the four walls of today. Here we offer the very best of escape and suspense. We hope you enjoy this week's presentation. And if you do, send us a kind review for 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. And now, our two stories. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape. Brought to you by the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York and the independent marketers of Richfield gasolines, motor oils, and other petroleum products. Look for the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. We escape to the interior of China and a journey of terror down the Yangtze River from Chongqing to Shanghai as John and Gwen Bagney tell it in their gripping story of a people in turmoil, the Shanghai Document. The Yangtze River is a gray gash through the heart of China. The artery that pulsates day and night with displaced humanity. From Chongqing to Shanghai, it's 1,500 crooked miles through deep gutted gorges. But for those of us who took the steamer downriver in those frantic months just after the war, it was a voyage dominated by fear and intrigue and danger. <laughs> In 
It started in the saloon of the Ten Golden Pieces over a glass of gin. In the company of the man whose face wore many racial strains, but no pride of ancestry and no hope for his descendants. And no name, as far as I could discover, other than the Eurasian. The word re-echoes in the marketplace that you desperately seek transportation to Shanghai. The word is correct. The word is also correct that I'm stranded. Ah, one wonders if you lack money. No, no. I lack influence. One knows of a way to Shanghai. What? You know of a way? Have you the courage to attempt the Yang Tsi in a junk? Well, uh, at this point, I would consider doing it in a canoe. One hears of a junk that is obtainable for a price. How much? One can always make a deal. Where is this junk? Can I see it? It's on the opposite bank of the Kialing at the dock at Kiangpei. Could I rent it or could I hire it? You would have to buy it. Buy it? Well, I couldn't navigate it myself. I have thought of that. The owner would take you to Shanghai, where you would, in gratitude, return the junk to him as a gift. Oh, I see. I, I buy it here and give it back to him at Shanghai. Ha! That's a cute wrinkle. You do not favor the wrinkle? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. If I can get out of Chongqing, I'm crazy about it. Come on, let's go. One moment. Uh, the money. It must be in American dollar. Oh, well, of course. Then, as you say, okay, let's go. We slogged through the slime of the gutters. The night was misty. The chill wind carried with it the stench of the river. It carried, too, the, the unforgettable stench of poverty and death. The Eurasian led me down the thousand stone steps to the waterfront where a sampan ferried us across to the suburb known as Kiangpei. There, at an ill-lit makeshift dock, the Eurasian talked to a wizened coolie while I inspected the junk. Well, what's the matter? What's he saying? He does not wish to take you. Oh, well, you can tell him it's okay with me. Junk's a good name for this boat. It's exactly what it is. I wouldn't risk my life in it back in the Arkansas River. Oh, wait. Where are you going? Back across the river, Chongqing. But you are anxious to get to Shanghai. Ah, not that anxious. But what about my commission? Look, I didn't buy the boat, did I? I've gone to a good deal of trouble for you tonight. You have money? Look, I'm sorry. I can't help it. Oh, no. Huh? You don't leave me like hey, this. Wait a minute. I... Lie still. Huh? I said lie still. Uh, who are you? Where is that? Oh. oh, my back. He broke my back. Your back's not broken. Take your shirt off. Huh? I'm a doctor. Oh, how did I get here? A dirty man in a white suit brought you. Yeah, yeah, the Eurasian. He said he found you in the street. Uh, he did, huh? Why, the... Hey, wait a minute. My money. My money is gone. Turn over on your stomach. No, wait a minute. Fly just... face down, please. Huh? No. Where does your back hurt? Uh, all over. Here? Me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about here? No, no. <laughs> well, it's nothing, just a pull ligament. Oh. Sprain. I'll get my bag and tape it for you. You're an American, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Kansas. No kidding. So am I. Wichita. What happened to you tonight? Saloon brawl? No, no. I, I guess I was just a little too anxious to get to Shanghai. I was... I was even considering a leaky junk down the Yangtze. Why do you want to go to Shanghai? I'm correspondent. That's where the big story is today. Well, if you want to go, why don't you take the river steamer? Oh, that's funny. 
I've only been trying for months to get a ticket on the thing. Lie still, please. Hmm? Now inhale. All right. Exhale. Hold it. All right. I want this adhesive to be good and tight. You know, I'm taking the boat to Shanghai tomorrow. You are? Don't talk, please. Uh, right. I didn't have any trouble getting a ticket. Yeah, but... The... Hold still, please. Mm-hmm. This tape isn't tight. It won't do you any good. Got to have connections in China today. I was lucky. I've been out here six years. I know a lot of people. There. Now, is that too tight? Well, it's tight. And that's the way you want it. Yeah, well, it feels a lot better. That'll do the trick, though. You'll have to keep it on at least a week. Yeah. Well, how much do I owe you, Doc? Oh, make it a pack of cigarettes. Ow, that's pretty high. As a matter of fact, I haven't got quite a full pack, but well, you can have it here. Thanks. What do they call you back in Kansas? <laughs> well, in Kansas, they call me Jane Roma. In China, I'm known as Girl Doctor. You know, hmm? I was just thinking... If you're really serious about wanting to go to Shanghai... Serious? I can get you a ticket on the Down River boat tomorrow. Well, it's almost impossible to get a ticket. How? Does it matter how I get it? As long as I get it? <laughs> Lady, if you can get me out of Chungking, nothing matters. I'll pay you back in Shanghai. What's your name? Tony Daner. Well, Tony Daner, there'll be a ticket waiting for you at the steamship office tomorrow morning and a little money for traveling expenses. What? I, I can't believe it. I... What are you looking at me so funny for? You're amazing. Why? You're the first man I've ever met who didn't comment on my being both a woman and a doctor. Oh, well, now, don't get me wrong, girl doctor. The combination fascinates me, but what I like most is your ability to pull a steamer ticket out of the hat. Oh, I have many talents. Hmm? Well, let's kick him around. <laughs> no. You go to your room and rest. Take care of that back. Okay, you're the doctor. But I can tell you this. I'm glad you're going to Shanghai with me. The boat was a squat, ugly, gray thing, as dirty as the river she sat in. Already her decks were crawling with discarded bits of humanity, some asleep, some curled around their meager possessions. But in one way, they were all alike. On their faces was the, the great patience that is so often worn by the have-nots of this world. At the head of the gangplank, a beefy-looking white on. man was hurting us aboard. Get these people on. Now, where's your ticket? Ticky, ticky, ticky. Yeah. Okay, move along. Okay, you next. Ticket? Yeah, just a minute. I got it here someplace. Hurry up. Get it out. I got a schedule to keep. Come on, come on. Can't you see my hands are full? Yeah, two suitcases. Nobody needs two suitcases. Leave one of them behind. But I, I need them both. I said leave one of them behind. My books are in there. Then leave the other one. I don't care. But there, there's nothing on the ticket that says how much you can carry. Who are you to be pushing me around? I'm Skipper of the Scow. Radigan, that's the name. Keep it in mind. It, it's, it's just a suitcase. Listen, I want this river to make money. If I can pick up one paying fare in place of your precious suitcase, I'm for it, see? You got your choice, mister. Either put one suitcase off or I put you off. Hey, you got a crummy racket. So I'm a crummy guy. Well, which is it? I'm in a hurry. Okay, okay. Now, this one. That's better. Now, let's see your ticket. And your passport. All right, here. Yeah. Anthony Daner, American. Okay, move along. If this river wasn't so lousy loaded up with foreigners who don't have any business being here, maybe we could move some Chinese. And... 
That was my introduction to Captain Radigan, skipper of the scow, as obnoxious a personality as I've run into. He considered every Occidental a foreigner except himself. Well, I picked my way across the littered deck, climbing over soldiers and whining children. I was, I was one of the lucky passengers. Mine was a first-class ticket, entitling me to a stateroom, or uh, should I say, to half a stateroom. And I was on my way to it when the Chinese officer stopped me. See your papers, please. Well, uh, I just showed my papers to the captain. See your papers, your passport, everything. What is this? Everybody wants to look at my papers. Who are you, anyway? I am Lieutenant Chen. Will you show me your papers, or shall we create unfortunate incident for you? Oh, for Pete's sake, all right, here you are. That is better. It says here, your name is Anthony Denet. You are American citizen. Your occupation is correspondent. Yeah, look, I know what it says. You don't have to read it to me. Papers are in order. I'm not going to tell you that. The matter is closed. Paper in order. You may proceed to your stateroom. Thanks. Hello there. Ah, oh, hello. Well, I guess we're roommates. I'm Daner. Oh, I am? Uh, I, I mean, you are? Oh, yeah, well, well I'm Vickers. Come, come in, come in, come in. Welcome, my friend. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yes. You know, I've just been wondering what sort of a chap I draw to bunk with. Oh. Oh, of course, I don't mind, you understand. When I'm out in the field, a, a missionary gets conditioned, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean conditioned, what? Yeah, a stable, yeah, yeah. a bit of straw, mm. bare ground. But indoors, I remember I'm an Englishman. I, I like comfort, you know, pleasant company. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I hope you like cockroaches because they've got us outnumbered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, well, cockroaches and I are old friends. <laughs> I, I say, look here, why don't you stow your gear and come up on deck? You know, it's quite something to see when Rattigan starts his old steamer downriver. You would think it was the Queen Mary. You would, really. All the ceremony he puts into but it. I, I wouldn't watch Rattigan launch a rocket to the moon. Hmm? Well, that's not likely, you know. Uh, I, I mean, what, what, what happened? The old sea dog get your back up or something? Oh, well, he made me leave a suitcase behind. It was full of books I've been years collecting. Ah, <laughs> well, that sounds like him. Uh, are you coming? No, no, you go ahead, Vickers. I'll see you later. Yeah, right, you As I unpacked what I needed for the trip, I could feel the old boat gather all her strength together and move, groaning into the deep water channel, and I forgot about my lost books. I was on the Yangtze, on my way at last to Shanghai, on my way to the big story, and I felt a curious kind of thrill. I was part of China on the move. The cabin was close and stuffy. I went up on deck to get some air. I was kind of hoping to run into girl doctor. Then I saw her standing at the prow of the boat, talking animatedly with my roommate, the missionary. Ah, there you are, Dana. Glad you came up. Uh, come on over and meet a charming fellow passenger. Uh, Dr. Roma, uh, may I present Mr. Dana? How do you yeah. do? Dana, did you say? It's an odd name. Have you been in China long? Well, uh, wait a minute. He's an American, you know. Uh, One of your countrymen, Dr. Roma. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Kansas. Oh, is that so? I say we're lucky, aren't we, Dana? Having such a beautiful doctor aboard, huh? It might make it worth a man's while to be ill or something, eh? Uh. (laughs) Well, I hope that won't happen. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have some unpacking to do. Awfully nice to have met you, Mr... Um, Dana... Oh, yes. I'll see you later, Mr. Baker. She smiled at me like you smile at a stranger you've just met. There was no sign, no sign at all of recognition. And from then on, she avoided me. At first, it made me a little sore. My male ego was wounded, I guess. I thought she'd gotten me a ticket because she wanted to see me again. Now I wondered, why had she gotten it? Ah, there was something wrong with this whole business. We were scheduled to tie up at Yi Chang overnight, and I was looking forward to breaking up the trip by night ashore. 
I was on my way to my stateroom to get my bag. Girl doctor. Dr. Roma. It's Tony. Tony Daner. What's wrong? Go away. No, I'm coming in. Please. What's the matter? What's happened? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, uh, nothing happened. You always wear your hair must like that, your blouse ripped and your luggage. That's the way you like it, I suppose. Dumped, sprawl all over the room. It's none of your affair, Tony. Keep out of it. Look, you're going to tell me what's going on Please, anyway. Please, keep out of it. Oh, you're scared. You need help. Just get out and leave me alone. All right. Maybe Captain Radigan knows the answer. No, wait a minute, Tony. What? All right. I... I came into my stateroom. It was dark, but I could tell there was somebody in here. Then he grabbed me. I tried to fight away from him. I screamed, but he got out. I, I turned on the light. Who was it? I don't know. A soldier, I think. Chinese soldier. Well, uh, what was he looking for? What are you carrying? The crown jewel? It isn't funny, Tony. They're after the Shanghai document. But they didn't get it, not this time. The Shanghai document? What's that? Just a piece of paper. But it might hold the destiny of China. Oh? In what way? A new leader has been found in the west of China, but only a few trusted people know his identity. A man who very possibly could unite his people, lead them out of war. I don't have to tell you what that means to China, Tony. The document contains his name, his plan of action, and his written acceptance of the great responsibility. And it must get into the right hands in Shanghai. And if it doesn't? A lot of heads will fall. And China will have lost a chance for peace. And uh, you, you're the messenger, huh? Why? I'm a sympathizer. I was chosen because I'm an American. We thought they wouldn't suspect an American. Well, uh, Radigan's an American. I'm an American. Why pick on... Oh, hey, wait a minute. And that's the reason you got my ticket for me. That's why you've been giving me the wide berth. You were using me as a decoy in case they got wise. I'm sorry, Tony. But you did want to get to Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, but with one stipulation. I'd like to get there alive. Attention, motorist. Petroleum chemists have discovered new super-octane gasoline components of great importance to you. And one of the highest octane components ever discovered is xylene. Now listen to this. Today, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene. Xylene helps give Richfield gasoline that high antinoc performance, that eager response in traffic, that smooth surging power that turns mountains into molehills. What's more, there's a Richfield gasoline to fit the power requirements of your motor. Select Richfield Ethyl for best results in the highest compression motors or Richfield High Octane at regular price for the average motor. Each Richfield brand is tops in its class. Don't waste gasoline, don't waste money. Let the Richfield dealer help you select the right Richfield gasoline for your car. And remember, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene, one of the highest octane components ever discovered. And now, we return you to... Escape! I didn't see Girl Doctor as the boat tied up at Chang, but I worried about her plenty. Girl has no business carrying a thing as explosive as the Shanghai document. Now that she dragged me into it to confuse whoever was after it, I was a little jumpy myself. Mr. Dana? Huh? Oh, oh, Lieutenant Chen. You are planning to go ashore? Yeah, that was my plan. Why? Very dangerous for Americans to be alone in China nowadays. Many bandits, thieves. Yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, I hope it won't throw army regulations in an uproar if I go ashore anyway. Sorry, your business, merely suggestion. Yeah, well, uh, thanks. See you around, Chen. 
Tanner! Now, where do you think you're going? Sure, do you mind? Matter of fact, I do. When I start out with a boatload of people, I like to deliver them. I don't like no trouble, and you're going ashore is just asking for it. Are you it. trying to tell me I can't go ashore, Captain Radigan? Look, sweetheart, the only thing I'm trying to tell you is watch your step. So you've told me. I've been warned. Now I'd like to get going. Okay, bilgehead. It's your neck. Oh, I say dinner. Oh. Dinner. Here we go again. Are you going ashore? And what's your objection, Vickers? Uh, objection? Yeah. Well, I don't get it, old boy. I, I was going ashore myself, and I thought we might make a party of it. You, you know I speak the dialect, and I thought it might come in handy. <laughs> well, I, I thought for a minute... You uh, thought what? Oh, never mind. Come on. Uh, you know, the last time I was in Ichang, there was a very nice hotel. Uh, Let's try it. Uh, oh, that is, of course, if it hasn't been bombed. What? <laughs> oh, the proprietor, a Chinese, very good friend of mine, serves Vickers, the most... Vickers, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. What's that? What's what? Where? There at the foot of the gangplank, a whole platoon of soldiers. Oh, well, oh, they're probably on the lookout for a deserter. Yeah. Well, come on, let's get off the boat. Yeah. Oh, oh, I say, look, they're going to stop us. Your passport, please. Uh, certainly. Right here. Oh, passport in order. Proceed. Oh. Thanks awfully. And I see your passport? Look, I've been checked and double-checked hey, you better and... do as he says, old boy. Okay, uh, here. It's a messy, this red day. Necessary, I suppose, but sometimes I do think they overdo it. Oh, your passport not in order. Not in order? No, please. Better you come with me. Well, where, where to? What for? Impossible. Proceed to Shanghai. Papers not clarified. What are you talking about? But I say, who can't take him off the boat like this? Oh, do you know? Passport not in order. Complete. <laughs> took me to a command car, which drove me to field headquarters on the hills above Yichang. No matter what I said to him, no matter how much I argued, all I got out of him was passport not in order. Well, they gave me a place to sleep and something to eat and a couple of guards to watch me. The river steamer was scheduled to leave Yichang at dawn. I was hoping they'd release me by then, but the dawn slipped in and the steamer slipped out. And I heard it in the distance, the whistle, and I felt sunk. How was I to explain to these guys that I was just a decoy? They'd picked off the wrong American that the thing they wanted, the Shanghai document, was on its way down the Yangtze. And I heard them coming down the hall. I didn't know what I was in for, but I braced myself. At least I'd go down fighting. Mr. Dana. Yeah? Passport is in order. Can go now. Go? Now you tell me. Look, did you hear that whistle? The steamer's gone. How do I get to Shanghai now? Swim? A thousand apologies for ignorant mistake. American passport, very confusing. Yeah, yeah, sure, but what do I do now? Please come with me. I've made arrangements. And I was apologized to in several dialects. Then I got back into the command car and was driven down past the river landing to a secluded spot where a sampan tended by two coolies was waiting. I was politely but forcibly put aboard. I turned around to protest, but it was too late. The coolies had pulled the sampan away from shore into the center of the river, and back on shore, the Chinese officer was smiling broadly. Well, anyway, I was on my way to Shanghai again. And I sat back to smoke a cigarette, but I was out of matches, and I nudged the coolie in front of me. Hey, uh, hey, you, uh, catch him, uh, matchy, matchy, you know? Certainly, Mr. Dana. Huh? Here you are. May I light it for you? Lieutenant Chen will... What are you doing on this sampan? I also have missed the boat. Yeah, but well, why the coolie outfit? It's not safe for lone soldier to travel by himself. I am, as you Americans say, coming along for the ride. <laughs> you know what I think, Chen? I think I'm the one that's being taken for a ride. I couldn't understand it. 
If they had thought I had the document, why hadn't they searched me? Why did they let me go? Why was Chen on my tail? I decided to find out just how much of a watchdog Chen was. We'd been on the river all day, and it was just getting dark when we pulled up at a rickety bamboo landing. Chen was singing as he helped the coolie repair a sail. They weren't paying any attention to me. I crawled silently off the boat onto the dock. Mr. Dana, I should regret to have to kill you before we reach Shanghai. Come back in boat, please. <laughs> well, you can't blame a guy for trying. If you are wise, you will not try again. We passed Nanking, turned off the Yangtze into the Yunho Canal. Chen never seemed to sleep. He watched me constantly. But as he and the other coolie maneuvered the sampan into Su Chow Creek on the Shanghai waterfront, I realized that I had one final chance. It was dusk. The creek was filled with a floating city, thousands of sampans, each with their family washings flying aloft. There are their babies, their suppers cooking. They were on either side of us, within scraping distance. And suddenly I leaped across the one on the left. Mr. Dana, stop! He wouldn't dare shoot in such a crowded place. He couldn't hope to hit me, but he jumped across and... I was already on the next sampan, and jumping from sampan to sampan, I zigzagged my way to the bank and plunged into the crowded, filthy waterfront of Shanghai. I looked back once. I couldn't see Lieutenant Chen anywhere. I'd lost him. I took a deep breath. I felt free, safe in the crowd. And then I saw him. Not ten feet away, Captain Radigan, and with him, two huge Mongolians. Dana! Don't try to get away, Dana! Come back! I moved fast, elbowing my way through the matted humanity and ran down the bun like the devil himself was after me. And I finally stopped, out of breath in a cluttered back alley. It was dark. Radigan was no place to be seen. Neither were the Mongolians. I was quite alone. Well, I had one friend in Shanghai. Vickers, the missionary, had given me his address. I found a rickshaw driver who knew where it was, and he took me there. It was one of those old Chinese dwellings with a high wall around it. I knocked at the gate, but nobody answered. And I opened the gate, walked into the garden. Well, it's about time you showed up, Dana. Uh, Radigan. We've been waiting a long time for you. Radigan, what are you... Uh... It took me a minute to recognize the smell of the cloth on my face. Chloroform. How do you feel? Huh? Oh, you again. Don't try to get up, and don't yell. This is a hospital. You'll disturb the other patients. A hospital? Why is it every time I come to, you're there? What do you do, follow your patients around? I'm sorry, Tony. Yeah, sure, you sure. You were going to see Vickers. We couldn't let you do that. Captain Radigan. Yeah, doctor. Give me a hand, will you? Oh, no, get away from me. Hey, what are you going to... Now, come on, Dana. Upsit, On your stomach. Hey, let me go. Just relax, Tony. It's time for your bandage to come off. No! Thanks a lot, Tony Dana. That adhesive tape, you want to pull the skin off my back? What do you think I... What did you say? I said thanks a lot for carrying the Shanghai document through safely. The document? Mm-hmm. It was on your back under the adhesive tape. I put it there back in Chongqing. You did? Then Radigan... Radigan and Lieutenant Chen and the soldiers who took you off the boat were all working under orders, protecting you. Yeah, well... 
I ran away from them. I thought that yeah, they were... Yeah, you sure gave us a bum time. Well, what do you want me to do? Apologize? Oh, Tony, Tony, please. We treated you badly, I know, but we couldn't let you go to Vickers. Vickers, the, the missionary? Anyone can wear his collar backwards. Vickers was the one who was after the document. We had to get you off the boat and away from him before he discovered that I didn't have it. Oh, Vickers, huh? Mm-hmm. Tony, huh? I hope you know you've done a great thing for China. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now that I've done so much for China, suppose you do something for me. Well, anything. Okay. Get dressed up. Let's go out on the town and have dinner Oh, and... Tony, we'd love it. We can meet you in an hour. We? My husband and I. Jerry. Your... Your husband? You'll love him, Tony. He's a wonderful guy. He's from Kansas, too. This is the age of science, an age in which science has made vast strides in medicine, in nuclear energy, and in the field of petroleum chemistry. For example, petroleum chemists have discovered new super-octane gasoline components of great importance to every motorist. And one of the highest octane components ever discovered is xylene. Now listen to this. Today, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene. The xylene component of Richfield gasoline helps give your car that high Antonoc performance, that extra zip in traffic, that velvet smoothness under the hood. Try Richfield gasoline with xylene. Take your choice of Richfield High Octane at regular price for the average motor or Richfield Ethyl for best results in the highest compression motors. Stop where you see the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Get Richfield gasoline containing xylene tomorrow. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson and has tonight presented Shanghai Document by John and Gwen Bagney. Featured in the cast were John Daner as Tony, Joan Banks as Dr. Jane Roma, Ben Wright as Vickers and the Eurasian, Bill Conrad as Rattigan, Benson Fong as Lieutenant Chen, Charles Lung as the officer, and Paul Fries as the voice of Escape. Special music was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next week... You were on a small launch off the California coast about to dive 20 feet below the surface to reach a man's body and to recover an object identifying his murderer who is standing at your side and from whom there is no escape. Next week, at the same time, the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York invites you to escape with the story of a man who stumbled onto what seemed the easiest way in the world to make a million dollars. As H.V. Dixon tells it in his exciting new book, Something for Nothing. Be listening. Goodbye, then, until the same time next week when once again we offer you... Escape. Tom Hanlon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. 
Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape! Brought to you by the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York and the independent marketers of Richfield gasolines, motor oils, and other petroleum products. Look for the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Tonight, we escape to a small town on the California coast, behind whose scenes exists a world of terror, blackmail, and death. As H.V. Dixon tells it in his exciting new novel... Something for nothing. The moon wasn't up yet. It was after nine and as dark as my pocket and I was still a hundred miles below San Francisco. The coast route is tricky driving, too. The road dips and curves like a squirming snake smack up against the mountains on one side and on the other a sheer long drop to the sea. But I was driving north and I had the inside lane, which wasn't so bad. And I kept bowling right along. And then about three miles below Bayside, I was going into a sharp curve to the right when beyond it, coming toward me, the lights of another car flared up, a big cream-colored sedan on the wrong side of the road bearing down on me. I slammed on my brakes and skidded sideways. The other car barely skinned past, and I saw a woman hanging halfway out the door on the driver's side, looking scared to death. She didn't even try to make the turn. Her car went straight for the lip of the cliff, and just as it went over, the woman jumped. And the car went smashing down the face of the cliff, easy, a 200-foot drop all the way to the ocean. Hey! Hey, are you all right? Well, maybe she slid over. Hey there! Oh. What? Where are you? Don't bother. Oh, there you are. I'm... I'm all right. I... Oh. Here. Here, hold on. Oh. Don't fall over the edge now. I'm, I'm a little shaky. There we go. I didn't see your car not till the last second. I... <laughs> Look, lady, I didn't run you oh. off the road. You, you were way over on my side. Oh, I didn't mean it was your fault. My my brakes failed. I was coming down the grade. I guess I, 
I lost my head. Well, you could have made it all right without brakes. You weren't going very fast. Oh. I can't see your car down there. Oh, it's probably underwater. Might have landed on the rocks, huh? No, I, I heard it splash. Uh, uh, can I drive you anywhere? I wasn't going your way. Oh, that's but, uh... all right. I'll, I'll go back to Bayside. I was going to see some friends down the road, but I... I don't feel like seeing them now. You can drop me in town. Uh, fine, I, I'd be glad to. Oh, whoa, whoa, you're pretty wobbly. Yeah, let me help you. It was a shock, I guess. Yeah, that was a close one. Uh, say, uh, wait a minute. Hmm? There wasn't anybody else in that car, was there? No. No, I was alone. You live in Bayside? Yes. I might stop off there tonight overnight. Well, you, you couldn't possibly find a room tonight. The, uh, the tourist season started. Well, I might find something in a motel. Oh, I'm sure everything's full up. And it's, uh, it's easy driving beyond Bayside. No more mountains if you're going to San Francisco. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Uh, do you live in San Francisco? Oh, I, I did when I was a kid. Uh, lately, I've been living in L.A. I've been working in pictures. Oh. For a while, I, uh... <laughs> Thought I'd be another Clark Gable or a Robert Taylor or something. Every agent in town was after me, but uh, you know how it is. It didn't pan out. Why not? You're handsome. Oh, sure. Too handsome. I photographed too slick. I saw I'd never be anything but third rate, so I got out. Yes, I suppose that's sensible. Well, welcome Bayside City Limits. <laughs> now, where do I take you? Uh, straight ahead. Huh? Uh, this is Surf Avenue. It'll take you through to the main highway. Well, where do you live? Oh, you don't have to take me there. Uh, stop here. Well, why here? I'm going to the police station to report the accident. Well, don't you want me to go along and be a witness? Oh, no, I, I'm sure that isn't necessary. Uh, 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 have a nice trip to San Francisco. Thanks. Uh, you are going right through, aren't you? Uh, I guess so. Well, you'll be there in two hours. Uh, yes, I, I know. Yes, well, well, thanks again, and goodbye. There was something funny about that dame. Something was worrying her besides that accident, the way she acted toward me, for instance. All she cared about was getting me out of town fast. So, naturally, I decided to stay a while to find out why. I found a room without any trouble at all, and then I walked around Bayside. I liked what I saw. The cars, the stores, the way the women were dressed. Yeah, Bayside was loaded with money. And then sometime after midnight, I dropped into a bar. One of the customers was yawking away to the bartender. I ordered scotch over rice and listened in. She phoned the station about an hour ago and said Frank wasn't the type to go somewhere and not let her know. That was the customer, a big moon-faced man with a red neck who had cop written all over him. didn't sooner or later bust loose. What do you know? Frank's gone off on him there. Well, I told her we'd check around. Hey, she say Frank was driving that cream-colored job of his? My heart jumped like a hooked trout. He sure can't disappear far in that car. It was hard to keep the excitement out of my voice. Uh, uh, pardon me, but, uh, what color car did you say? Huh? Well, I just drove in from L.A., and I passed a cream-colored sedan a few miles back. Well, you couldn't miss this one. Darnest color you ever saw. Huh? The ornament on the hood is a big pair of dice. Well, the one I saw, a woman was driving. No, no, Frank never lets anyone drive his car. Well, Gaston, doesn't know how to drive, does she? Oh, sure she does, Chief. She just got a new convertible, only, you know, she doesn't go out much. Doesn't drink, doesn't no. wear makeup, doesn't do anything much, and she <laughs> sure is a mousy woman. <laughs> 
She went to bed tonight at nine o'clock on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, tell me, who is this Gassner? Uh, well, he, he owns this bar, a couple of restaurants, and he owns a Domino Cottage. He calls it a dude ranch, but it's really a gambling house. Oh, an important man, huh? Yeah, he is. And uh, he isn't. He's got money, but... Uh, a gambler doesn't rate with the local snobs. Oh, Bayside's one of those towns. Cream de la cream, mister. Some of the oldest families in California live here. So money doesn't count. Not eh? without a pedigree, mister. It sure don't. <laughs> but money counts with me, especially easy money. To get something for nothing, that's the sweetest thing in life. Well, I finished my drink and went to the phone booth. First, I looked up Frank Gassner's address, 16 Yucca Drive, and I wrote it down. Then I put through a long-distance call to my pal Danny in San Francisco. He said he'd meet me in Bayside in a couple of days. When I left the phone booth, the redneck cop had left, and the bartender was getting ready to close up. I decided not to wait till morning to drop in at 16 Yucca Drive, so I paid the bartender and was halfway through the door Mr. when... It jarred me having somebody know my name in that town that particular night. I turned around fast. Gil Devon. What? What's your hurry, Gil? Don't you want to buy me a drink? I don't know you from Adam, baby. (laughs) Well, I know you. I know your name, rank, and uh, serial number. Oh, Oh, I dropped that identification bracelet again, huh? In the phone booth. I went in right after you. Here you are. Thank you. The uh, catch keeps coming open all the time. You uh, ought to have it fixed. Yeah, I guess so. But every time I lose it, it gets back to me somehow. Well, how about my reward? Oh? Like what? We could start with a drink. Well, I, uh, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd love to, but uh, I've got a date. That hardly comes as a surprise with shoulders like yours. Now, uh, what does she have that I don't have? Only one thing, sweetheart, and uh, it's not beauty. But what she has, there's no substitute for. <gasps> Hello, Mrs. Kastner. You forgot to lock the front door. Why didn't you go to San Francisco? Well, when I get a feeling I'm not wanted, that's when I stick around to find out why. There was no reason for you to feel that way. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Is there anybody else in the house? No, I sent the maid home for the night. Oh, that's good. That's real good. I uh, just heard a couple of chatty men in a bar talking about a husband who hadn't come home and a wife who'd gone to bed at 9 o'clock. I don't see why you've come here to tell me that. Stop stalling. The husband's name was Frank Gassner, and you're the wife. And at 9.30, you were out on the highway driving his car over the cliff. I saw it go over, remember? If I give you $2,000, will you leave town? You don't think I'd let a thing like this go for $2,000? But I shouldn't pay you anything at all. I haven't done anything. So you'll pay me $2,000 for nothing? Well, these these circumstances are peculiar. Yeah, I'll say they are. Your husband was in that car. You murdered him. Oh. Uh, how much money do you want? Oh, later, later. First, tell me about it. <laughs> Everything. Well, come on, come on, give. How did you kill him? I... 
I heard him drive into the garage, but he didn't come into the house. I found him asleep in the car. He'd been drinking. Passed out cold? Yes, he often did that. I'd been waiting for a chance to kill him. So I started the car and closed all the windows and ran a hose from the exhaust pipe in close to his face. When I went out later, he was dead. Oh, carbon monoxide. I knew it might not look like an accident because he was too drunk to have closed the garage doors. So I drove down the highway and... Well, you know the rest. Ah, you had it all figured out, didn't you? You'd wait for a truck driver, a woman in distress. He'd pick you up, drop you off near home. Truck drivers always stick to their schedule, so he'd keep right on going fast, no time for questions. <laughs> but instead of one of those nights of the road, I came along. Yes, you came along. How much money do you want? Oh, you can't pay me off. Not with cash. I'll give you $10,000 and not a cent more. You what? <gasps> Don't tell me what you'll do or what you won't do. From now on, you'll do what I say. But you can't prove anything. Shall I phone the police? You saw the car go over the cliff, but you can't prove I was there. It's your word against mine. And you think they'll take yours? Well, they, they might, seeing that I'm a stranger, except for one thing. You didn't have a purse when I picked you up on the road. No. No, it's in the car. I forgot. It has my initials on it. Oh, please, I, I must get it back. Can you get it, please, please? Well, the car's probably underwater. No, please. Well, I'll rent a plane and fly down there and look. Probably have to use a boat to get oh, to the car. Try. As soon as you can. Tomorrow. Now, that's a little too soon. No, please, before someone saves the car. Just a minute, Mrs. Gasner. First, you and I have to come to a little understanding. Oh, anything. I'll, I'll give you anything. <laughs> you mean everything, don't you, Belle? What is xylene? A petroleum chemist will tell you that xylene is one of the highest octane components of gasoline known to science. But here's what's important to you. Xylene is contained in every gallon of Richfield gasoline. Let me repeat that. Xylene, one of the highest octane components known to petroleum science, is contained in every gallon of Richfield gasoline. Xylene helps give Richfield gasoline that full power wallop that jumps you out ahead in traffic. That smooth, surging power that eats up the miles and levels off the hills. Furthermore, there's a Richfield gasoline to fit the power requirements of your motor. Select Richfield Ethyl for best results in the highest compression motors, or Richfield High Octane at regular price for the average motor. Each Richfield brand is tops in its class. Don't waste gasoline, don't waste money. Let the Richfield dealer help you select the right gasoline for your car. Remember, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene, one of the highest octane components known to petroleum science. And now we return you to Escape. That was going to be a gold mine. For a start, Belle Gassner went to the bank next day and got me $10,000 cash. Then she made out a power of attorney for me. The next afternoon, I flew down the coast on a rented plane and spotted the car wedged into the rocks right side up under 20 feet of water. The next day, Bell and I went down in a cabin cruiser and dropped anchor as close to the rocks as we did. Uh, let the anchor out all the way there. Well, it, it hit bottom. All right, now take a hitch in the line. Okay. Now, uh, that's it. There's no drag now. Oh, you, 
can't even see the highway from here. No, but if somebody sees us, they'll think we're fishing. Uh, well, how are you going to do it? Well, I'll tie a rope around myself. You hold on to the rope so the surf doesn't bang me into those rocks. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Maybe we should swim over to that big rock there and try it from there. But I can't swim. No. Well, I'll swim over and pull you across. Oh, no, I'm, I'm terribly afraid of water. All right, all right. I'll try it from here then. But you hang on to that rope, you understand? Yeah. If anything happens to me, baby, then you're really in trouble. I fastened the rope around my waist, then I waited for a backwash of surf, took a deep breath, and dove. My dive carried me down to the top of the car, and I hooked my arm through the front window and held myself against the force of the current. And then I looked in. It was a world of greenish twilight, but I could see everything. Frank Gassner's body was floating against the ceiling of the car, his arms and legs waving in the current, his coat flapping as if it were in a breeze. I looked away from the body and tried to find the purse. I hung onto the steering wheel and finally saw it on the floor, held on by the weight of the flashlight. When I went after it, the body brushed against me in a kind of a caress. I grabbed the purse, shoved myself out of the car and struggled to the surface and climbed aboard. You've got it. Oh, thank heaven. Of all the fool women, you would leave something like this in the car. Well, I guess we should start back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Now that you got my purse back, there's no way to prove I was in Frank's car. Doesn't that worry you? Not a bit, baby. <laughs> I might refuse to go through with our deal. I might revoke that power of attorney. No, you won't. I still hold some aces, Belle. That night I started playing those aces. Belle Gassner had never known a man like me, only a husband that she'd hated. All I had to do was make one move and she fell as hard as any of the rest of them. And having her crazy about me was the best way to keep her in line. Better than any threats. I didn't have to worry about Belle Gassner. Not anymore. And now I had the world by the tail on a downhill pull. When I got back to the Bayview Lodge later that night, Danny was waiting for me. So? What's the pitch, Gil? Ever hear of a character named Frank Gassner? Yeah, sure. Had a place in Reno once. Last I heard, he had a gambling joint here. Why, you working for him? No, his wife. Huh? Gassner's missing. He took a powder, uh, met with an accident nobody knows yet. So she's appointed me manager of the whole works with the power of attorney. I, uh, I want you to front for me, Danny. Why do you want to front? Well, I, I don't want to be known as a gambler. This is my big chance to live first class. I want everything that goes with it. <laughs> Maybe I'll even join the racket club. Go social. Yeah, you always did have big ideas, Gil. How long is this going to last? Well, long enough. Well, suppose this Gassner shows up someday. He won't. Uh, uh, now, now, wait a minute, Danny. My, my hands are clean. I, I didn't do him, and I, I know what happened to him, but I'm the only one who knows. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Gil. Okay, I'll play along. A week later, Bell introduced me around, and I took over. Danny did most of my work, and I began living high. I even bought a brand-new plane, a beautiful, low-wing, four-place job. And I took Belle up the first day. 
You know, flying's the only time I'm really myself, Belle. There's nothing like it. I know a little about it. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. I took lessons for a while. Frank was going to buy a plane. Well, how many hours do you have? Oh, almost 20. Oh, then you're solo, huh? <laughs> I wasn't very good. Just never could get the hang of it. Oh. Well, come on. Try it. Take oh, over. Oh, no, no. Oh, come on. Do you think I can? Why, sure. It's a cinch. Well. There we go. <gasps> oh. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> now, uh, try a turn to the left. Huh? Oh, no, no, not too steep. There we go. You got the feel of it? Oh, it's fine. It's wonderful. Yeah, sure it is. You must have had a bad instructor. <laughs> but now, baby, you've got me. The money began rolling in. I bought a bachelor house on the beach. I joined the racket club. It seemed like there was no end to the good things I'd heard about and never known. Yet, slowly, little by little, a sour note crept in. Belle began to get on my nerves. She, she was so possessive, I began to hate the sight of her. Now, one night at the racket club, she was dancing with someone, and I was having a drink at the bar. Hello there, Gil Devon. What? Well, hello. <laughs> I just knew those shoulders went with that handsome face. Are you uh, tied up tonight, or can you buy me that drink? Sure I can. Uh, tell me, why haven't I seen you around since uh, the first time? I've been to Europe since then. I'll be here for a few weeks, though, then I'm going to New York for the winter. Oh, I thought this was your home. It's one of them. Daddy's got four houses scattered around the country. Oh. Look, uh, never mind the drink. Let's go outside. Sure. <laughs> You've, uh, got an edge on me, I... I don't know your name. <laughs> Allison Price. You know something? You're something I've always imagined would happen to me. Really? You didn't seem to think so that first night. No, well, I, I had something else on my mind, something that had to come first so that you could happen. And uh, what was that? Money. A girl like you can only come along when a man's got... Money to burn. And on the way home that night, I was in real trouble. Where were you? I saw you leave with Allison Price. I told you, Belle, we were outside talking. I warn you, Gil. If you ever think of leaving me, I'll go to the police and tell them we both killed Frank, and I mean it, Gil. Oh, calm down, Belle. I'm not interested in that Price girl. Are you sure? Oh, I sure. As soon as you're legally a widow, we, we'll get married. That's a promise, Bell. I felt like a steel trap had closed on me. Aunt Bell was dangerous. She had to be handled right. I planned everything down to the last detail and then waited. Until one night pretty late. Yeah, I'm... Gil, they found him. What are you talking about? Found who? Gassner. Gassner's body's been found. The car's down the roadways at the bottom of a cliff. Somebody spotted it from the air. It must have been an accident. Yeah. Look, uh, should I call Mrs. Gassner? Chief Arnold's not going to tell her till he's poked around. No. Uh, no, Danny. I, I'll call her. Uh, thanks for letting me know. Hello, Belle. I'm so glad you called, darling. I was just going to bed. Well, you're not going to bed now. You're going to leave town. Why? 
thank you. I can't tell you why over the telephone. I'll pick you up in ten minutes. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You better take your car. Pack a bag and drive out to the airport. Don't let anyone see you. I'll meet you there. They found Frank last night. Danny called. Oh, is that all? Well, what a relief. I, I couldn't imagine Wait a minute, you'd... Belle. Danny says that Arnold's already figured out from the wreckage that Gassner wasn't driving the car. But that doesn't mean they'll suspect me. And the autopsy shows that he was dead a long time before the car went over the cliff. They know it was carbon monoxide. No. And somebody on your street saw you walking home that night. Then Chief Arnold knows I was lying. Oh, what'll I do? That's why I ask you to meet me out here. You can take my plane. But I'm no pilot, Gil. You can do it, dear. You can fly up the coast past Frisco across the state line to Medford, Oregon. What shall I do there? Stay there. You'll be out of the state. Then when I straighten things out, you can come back. But I I, I can't do... It's the only thing you do, Belle. Now, trust me, darling. It was barely dawn, and there wasn't a soul around. Bell stayed in her car while I got the plane ready. I rolled it out of the hangar and parked it just over a water drain, and then I opened the valves to the gasoline tanks and let almost all of it drain out so she'd have only enough fuel for 15 minutes of flight. I rolled the plane out on the runway and got it warmed up, and then Bell ran across, and I helped her climb in. Now, just follow this course I've marked it. Yes? Stay over the ocean at least an hour. Why, Gil? Well, I don't want you spotted. It's oh, safer that oh. way. This engine runs like a wristwatch. All right, darling. Oh, Gil. Oh, you're okay, honey. Don't worry about it. Now, depend on me. I, I, now, don't I... start crying, dear. You, you, you have to get out of here. Gil? Goodbye, darling. She took off to the west and then flew northwest over the ocean. <laughs> what a trusting fool she was. When I looked at my wristwatch driving back to town, it was 18 minutes since the plane took off. By then, it was down somewhere in the ocean out of gas. It would sink at once, and Belle couldn't swim. Well, it wasn't such a terrible way to die. And Chief Arnold would figure it this way. Belle had heard that Frank's body was found. She lost her head and ran because she had murdered him. Case closed. It was a nice day. Nice day to take Allison swimming. Or for a drive up the beach. When I got to town, nothing was open yet except a drugstore, so I stopped and bought a paper. Folded it under my arm and started back to my car. Then I spotted Chief Arnold coming toward me, grinning like an ape. I wondered what was on the old fathead's mind. Mr. Devon. What? Uh, oh, oh, there. Well, uh, hello, Chief. You look happy about something. Uh, Gil Devon. I arrest you for the murder of Frank Gassner. What? <laughs> Are you nuts? What gives you the idea that I had anything... Never seen this before, Devon. Uh, uh, sure, that, that's my army identification bracelet. I, huh? I haven't seen it for weeks. I, I'm always losing it. Well, it's handy for us cops that you do. <laughs> this time you lost it in Frank Gastner's car. Ah. Oh, uh, say, isn't that Allison Price? <laughs> well, I'll be darned. <laughs> She's got under your skin, too. Shut up. Uh-oh. Shut up, you flat foot. <laughs> here. Uh, Come here. I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, beautiful girl. <laughs> And so near. So near. And yet, so far. 
Say, here's a real spring tonic for baseball fans. A new 32-page baseball book just off the press. Packed full of tips and information on America's favorite sport. Where can you get it? At the Richfield Gasoline Dealer Station. And this new Richfield baseball book is absolutely free. It contains Major League and many minor league schedules, World Series box scores, and Major League standings, baseball questions and answers, seating diagrams of 16 baseball stadiums. This new colorful Richfield baseball book is a goldmine of baseball lore you won't want to miss. A storehouse of fascinating information that fits right in your pocket. And remember, it's absolutely free. Ask your Richfield gasoline dealer for your copy tomorrow. And while you're about it, ask him about Richfield All-Point Safety Service, the complete scientific lubrication service and safety checkup that prepares your car for the warm weather ahead. Stop where you see the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson and has tonight presented Something for Nothing by H.V. Dixon, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards. Featured in the cast were Bill Conrad as Gill, Ann Morrison as Belle, Francis Cheney as Allison, Will Gere as Arnold, Rick Vallon as the bartender, and Paul Fries as Danny. Special music was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next week... You are being whirled through the streets of New Orleans by the gay revelers of Mardi Gras. But somewhere in the crowd, dressed as a clown, is a murderer, your murderer, from whom there is no escape. Next week at this time, the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York invites you to escape with the story of a man caught up in the night of terror through his complete innocence. As John and Gwen Bagney tell it in their exciting story, The Man Who Stole the Bible. Be listening. Goodbye then until this same time next week when once again we offer you... Escape. I'm Hanlon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for joining us at 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We try to alternate weeks with two episodes of Escape one week, followed by two episodes of Suspense the following week. New episodes of 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense are available every Sunday at noon Eastern Time. We always appreciate reviews. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.